Cool, we got sound and audio. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Tap Room, a podcast where I go around talking to interesting people from interesting places. I'm joined today by Joe Barrett, uh, pro paintball extraordinaire, uh, world traveler, uh, rave kid, I can say. <laughs> looking through your Instagram. You could say? Yeah, yeah. So how are you doing, man? Doing very well. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. how are you? I'm doing pretty good. You can't complain. We got some good beers here. We're drinking... Uh, Belching Beaver Peanut Butter Milk Stop. My favorite beer. Yep. I had a sneaking intuition about this. Sorry about the late start. We got a little bit of a late start here because I was running late this morning. So, uh, but yeah, man. Happy to have you on. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> All right, man. So, let's get started here. So, you just got back from Mexico, right? I did. How was that? It was awesome. Yeah? I played uh, the last event of the season mm-hmm. in Guadalajara, Mexico. Yeah. Um, it's always just a riot down yeah. here. Uh, we call Mexico the Wild Wild West. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the events always operate a little bit off time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're supposed to start at 8.30, mm-hmm. you're probably not having captain's meeting until 9 o'clock, nice. starting at 10. Yeah. Um, you have to shoot the living hell out of people for them mm-hmm. to get out, or else they'll just do big run-throughs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a little bit more lawless, but it's a fun atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are competitive, of course. They're there to win, but more than anything, they're there to have a good time. Yeah. You know, they'll have beers after their games, margaritas, micheladas, yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. it's more, uh, you know, just getting together. It's kind of like a fiesta. Yeah. yeah you know, I've always, like, uh, I, see them, I see it on Instagram. I see it all over the Internet. I watch videos. And like I'm, I'm always jealous. Like I've only, I haven't played any international events. I've only played national, and that's about the most partying I do. But those are like top level. You gotta take it serious. I don't drink until like Sunday after finals and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it, always, it looks fun. Like I've seen like um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, you know who Josh Josh Nevius. I know him well. Yeah. Used yeah. to uh, live in Florida, and he would oh. come out and play against me and the Damage guys all the time. Oh yeah, when he was on Strange. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was, uh, I don't know if you remember Doom Troopers at all. I don't know if you met Doom Troopers. I don't think I have. TKO? TKO I knew well. Okay, yeah, I played with those guys for a little bit. Nice. Yeah, when I was living down there. I lived in Florida for like three years from like 07 to 2010, then I moved back home and came out here. Yep. So. That's cool. Yeah, that's where uh, Elias, Jacob Edwards, mm-hmm. Keith Brown, all those guys came from TKO. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember because like one of my... My personal claim to fame is I'm on the, there's a D2 roster, it's me, Keith Brown, Jacob Edwards, and a bunch of other killers for damage, and I was like, ah, damn it, I just would have stuck with it. Man. Yeah. Stuck with it, I, I went through hard times, like I ended up homeless and stuff like that, I had to go home, but you know, anyway, enough about me. Uh, tell us about yourself, man, where are you, where are you originally from? Uh, I'm born and raised in Buffalo, New York. Okay, okay, New York kid. Yeah, about yeah. five minutes from Niagara Falls, it was basically my backyard, mm-hmm. you know, I, after a while you almost take it for granted that you can just walk down the street and have a beer at Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty, that does sound pretty nice. I've only been to New York once and I was in the city, because you know, uh, tourist, so. Anytime I say I'm from New York, everybody always says, oh, the city, the Big Apple, it's like. That that's not even real New York. Like we don't New Yorkers don't consider that New York. That's its own separate state, basically. That's but its own thing. Mainland New York is like six hours wide. A yeah. lot of cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Western New York is basically the tundra of the United States. Yeah, you're between two Great Lakes, so it gets down to like negative thirty-five degrees, six Gross. foot snow drifts. It's nope. painful. Nope, I refuse. Uh, real quick, I just want to apologize for the background noise. We are coming to you live from Capitol Hill Paintball Park. Uh, people are playing paintball around us, so <laughs> mind the background noise. I'll try to edit it out, but it's probably not going to work. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't do cold. Same. I just I can't stand it. Um, one of the other places I could have gone for my job 
Yeah, I could have gone to North Dakota. They get the, they got the negative seventy last year. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm okay. I don't need this in my life. No. Yeah. It's, is that what is that what drove you to move or kind of like explore? Um, it's half the reason, honestly. Okay. Uh, my entire life since like 10, 11 years old, mm-hmm. so two thirds of my life basically, yeah. I knew I wanted to play professional paintball. Okay. Um, playing paintball in New York kind of has a ceiling to it. There's yeah. only so many competitive teams. Mm-hmm. There's very, very few teams that even play nationally. Yeah. And when the Philly Americans and Smart Parts went defunct in 2008, mm-hmm. the end of 08, yeah. there was now no longer a pro team to aspire to get on. Yeah. New York Extreme has only just uh, had a resurgence in the past few seasons. Yeah. So when I was living in New York, my options, which I started doing to play even divisional paintball yeah we're traveling eight to ten hours west to mm-hmm. detroit or chicago yeah or traveling five to nine hours east to either new jersey or maryland for revel or 187 oh wow there were no other options yeah and i did a lot of seasons of that where mm-hmm. i'm the only guy in all of buffalo that played national paintball for a few <laughs> years everybody else plays yeah. locally and regionally yeah and uh you know i love this game but after about five seasons of getting in the car by myself, no one to keep me company or switch on and off if I'm tired. Yeah. Driving out Friday night after work to some place across the region, mm-hmm. playing all Saturday, Sunday, and then Sunday getting back in the car and driving back like shot, just super tired. That's rough. It, it'll it start to burn you out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, by the end of that, I think it was, um, it was right when I was about to graduate college. I knew mm-hmm. I was going to move to Florida and try out for Tampa Bay Damage. Yeah. Uh, I did exactly that. I waited till college ended. A few days later, moved, drove myself down, mm-hmm. waited there like nine months, living in just like the worst crack house ever <laughs> in central Auburndale. Yeah. Uh, like literally like a hundred dollar a month rent. Mm-hmm. All of my uh, neighbors up and down the street are like meth junkies. Nice. There's people, you know, you hear car alarms and broken windows every single night. Just yeah. People getting their stuff broken into. Mm-hmm. If I left a pair of Walmart tennis sneakers for running on my front porch, they were gone the next day. Yeah. Like $7 sneakers are getting yeah. stolen. Yeah. So the kind of area that I dealt with for like about nine months and that I ended up not making the last round of cuts. So. Ooh. Moved back home to New York. Mm-hmm. Ironically, I get back to New York and Static, another Florida semi-pro team, told mm-hmm. me, hey, we want you to play with us. So I played with them from afar just because I would practiced with them for nine months. They're like, we know you can play. Yeah. If you can make it to events, you can jump in with us. Okay. And then uh, Syracuse Rhythm, uh, mm-hmm. like a legendary team named Rhythm, uh, Buddy Bauer, the Tipman Effect coach and mm-hmm. longtime pro player, brought it back yeah. and put the Syracuse name on it. So then I went from Static to... Rhythm, and then eventually New York Extreme. Yeah. Um, after another four years of that, like more just D1 semi-pro in the tundra. Yeah. Uh, I was like, all right, I gotta get the hell out of here. So, uh, weird story. You might not even know about this, but oh. I have moved here once before now. So okay. At, at the end of 2015, I want to say, I drove across the middle of the country in mm. a blizzard by myself. Yeah to California, ended up sleeping on Josh Halberg's couch 
for a month. Yeah. And then Damage called me. Oh. And okay. now I'm on their radar. They saw me play, you know, four more seasons of semi-pro. Mm-hmm. I'm consistently on the Sunday court field with yeah. whatever team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I got myself in a lot better shape when I tried out for them. I was like 240. Mm-hmm. Now the new, like, enhanced semi-pro version of me is like 180 and like fast. Yeah. So they were like, hey, they're in that rebuilding time where they have a bunch of rookies. They're lacking a lot of their veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, hey, we don't know what you're doing next season. Yeah. We can't have you live across the country and play for us, but if you pack up and get here before the season starts, you know, you're welcome to come into the damage organization. Okay. So told all the DMG guys and, you know, real friends are supportive of you Mm -hmm. whether you're serving their purpose or not. So I'm sure they wanted me to play with them, but they were all like, man, you can't miss that opportunity. That's been your dream team since you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. Since they went pro in like 09, you should do it. So I packed all my stuff back in the trunk of my... Ford Taurus and uh, drove back across the country down the southern route through Texas. Yeah. Made it to Florida three days later and started playing with damage in 16 and 17. Wow. Crazy. That is crazy, man. Because, like, I remember when I was playing with TKO, I drove back. I had moved back to Georgia and I told the owner, uh, Jimmy, and I was like, hey, man, I still want to play. I'll make the drive. I think I did that drive twice. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Like, our local paintball scene was, like, mostly scenario players. Yep. A couple guys knew what national paintball was, and they were like, oh, yeah, man, I'm a tournament player, blah, blah, blah. And all they played were, like, local events, which was okay for me. It suited my needs. Yeah. And uh, then I joined the I joined the military, came out here, and then I got on... Uh, <laughs> I played with Chim on Coconuts for one event. Uh, <laughs> I remember that, too. Yeah. And then, uh, I, then I got on the DMG, and I've been here ever since. So that's that is crazy. That is a crazy story. How many times have you driven across the country? Um, I've driven across and back six times now. God damn. Mostly by myself, but I've done it twice more since moving here. Mm -hmm. One time with my roommate, Brandon Nickerson, and one time with our new semi-pro player, Ben Challenger. Okay. He needed the ride across, and I was like, man, I know how rough that ride is from doing it alone myself a few times. Um, So... You know, I'll fly back to Buffalo. You come down from Canada to Buffalo. We'll mm-hmm. spend a few days there. Yeah, yeah, And I'll help you drive across just so we could switch. Oh, man. So that was exactly what I did. I did it one time back. You remember that last PSP West Coast Open in Riverside? Yeah. So one time I drove to Chicago, met up with the Project Mayhem and Boom guys. Yeah. And then uh, drove with them in a rental car mm-hmm. with a trailer pulling 60 gear bags to save everybody who was flying their gear bags. Yeah. And we drove across the country in a rental Suburban together Yeah. to Riverside and then drove back. I got in my car in Chicago, drove back home to Buffalo. God damn, dude. Yeah. You are hardcore, let me tell you. You are. Like, you... Like, I, I will say, like, over throughout, like, since getting to know you, you're one of the most hardcore paintball guys I've ever met. Thank you. Like, it's like you, um, Ronnie D's on, just because, like, I just follow his vlog, so it's, um, and, like, and, yeah, Ben, honestly, because Ben dri- drove down from Canada for a, a long time just to, like, random teams. Yeah, yeah. And I saw him at events all the time, and I'm like, I just met him, like, last year, and he's a great guy and they're like you guys are some of the most paintball nerdy people I've ever met that is a compliment yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I know so, it, in, in certain areas like I think that people don't get and it's it's not to their fault but people don't realize how good you have it in places like California Texas and Florida yeah in the big regions where there's a massive population of paintball players yeah and there's dozens and dozens of fields yeah. and you get summer all year round not that you're destined to play pro but as long as you stick with it 
the only way you won't go pro is if you give up too soon. That's yeah. what I always tell people. The only people who don't make it are the ones who quit too early. Yeah. In the Northeast or Chicago, places where six months of the year you're in snow mm -hmm. and you're risking driving and spinning out in snowstorms to get to some dark lit half size indoor field yeah. to do some drills. Yeah. You have to be borderline crazy obsessed <laughs> to make it even to the semi-pro level. Yeah. Because just most people, even if they really love the game, they just quickly do the risk to reward and they go, man, I, there's so much more I could do with my money. And, um, uh, do you want to stop this for a minute? He's probably going to do his award ceremony. Okay. Just pause this. Yeah, we can pause it. Yeah. He's a DM. All right, sorry for technical difficulties. We're, we're back now. Now we have uh, we got three guests now. We got Joe Barrett, Dave Vasquez, and Tim Russell back. Everyone's pro except for me and Vasquez, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so back to what we were just saying. Uh, what were we talking about right before uh, we had a break? I think just being obsessed with paintball yeah. to get out of, like, you know, the divisional bubble in the Northeast. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an uphill battle, like... Anybody in the Northeast or like the Midwest snow area knows this, but all y'all who are um, spoiled with all year round summer paintball in Cali, Texas, and Florida uh, don't really know what it means to have to commit to practice eight plus hour drives away every single weekend. And you know, it used to get me upset when I moved to Florida because uh, I lived only like an hour away from uh, CFP. Yeah. And sometimes we didn't have teams willing to come to us to, to play us. But we had Miami Rage only about four hours south in the Miami area. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, all right, guys, here's our options. We can either stay here and beat the living hell out of our D2 and 3 teams, or we can, like, sack up and take a few-hour drive down to Miami and get a quality practice. And, you know, they're all sports. They're like, no, why would we do that? We got CFP right in our backyards. Let's just stay here and practice. Sounds like DMG. And then we'd, <laughs> and then we'd have a terrible practice where we wouldn't lose a point all day. And it's like, great, we're winning the practice cup, and we've learned nothing today. Good. And, uh, you know, they all complain and whine. And I get it. You know what I mean? It depends on your priority levels, if you have a family and kids that you want to be able to leave and go right back to them immediately after practice. But, like, <laughs> From, like, me and all, like, the guys who were, like, you know, grinding and cutting our teeth and semi-pro trying to get out of it, we're used to, like, dude, we would do this drive, if not double this, by ourselves. And we're, we can't just all hop four of us in a car and take a few-hour drive to play two days a few hours away here in sunny Florida. Like, this isn't even a big deal. Yeah. So uh, it's a different mindset, but it the strong survive, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. like, like, I grew up with a... Uh, a dad who was a dream chaser and a couple mentors in my area, my old coach buddy and all these guys. And if there was anything I ever learned uh, that became like, you know, a motto in my own head, not something I'd really say, but something I tried to live by is like, don't live with a what if. Mm. And I feel like that's the only reason I ever really made semi-pro and pro teams is I don't think I was naturally very talented. I, I was terrible at paintball for my first few years. Mm. I wasn't athletic until I was 22. Um, but when everybody else would you know, get down to, like, those decisions of, like, oh, it's not mandatory practice, all right, I'd rather not drive in the snow. Or, oh, there's practice, but there's a sweet frat party tonight, maybe I'll show up a little bit late, hungover, or maybe not at all. To me, it was always, it was black and white. Like, the decision was, is this going to help me go pro? No, then I'm not doing it. Is it going to help me go pro? Yes. Okay, and then I have to do it. And that's, as it made it very simple, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, 
like I said, that's better than me because I wouldn't make a four-hour drive to get down to practice. Because <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm over it. I don't need it. And then, too bad you didn't have a twin. Nick and Aaron, those guys would wake up at 3 a.m. after partying and still drive everyone to practice. <laughs> <laughs> I just would fall asleep after partying in the tr- in the car and wake up at practice. We're here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been nine in, in my teenage years, I had those guys. I had these group of guys who I played with since we were little kids on our first team, Tsunami Force, to regional teams around New York or the Northeast, to our first D3 team. But as we broke into like that 16, 17, 18 area, all of a sudden, it's like uh, you'd see them break off for each of the reasons where it's like it's totally justifiable. I can't fault them. Like all of a sudden, one gets a girlfriend. Mm. Ah, I needs to have more time balance at that. Yeah. Another one gets into a frat. It's like, well, now I know that kid's gonna be opting for frat parties and you know that side of life yeah. and paddles <laughs> and girls over this. And yeah. one by one, they were all picked off until like I was the last one. And I, I feel like. There's two different groups in professional paintball. There's the ones who are raised and bred in camps of pro teams, and they are taught by great pros or pro coaches, and as long as they don't quit early, they're going to be on those pro teams. I know and play with a bunch of them. I've played against them. There's those kids, you know, like uh, that had their parents' support, or like they came from a wealthy family, and it's like if they're not making it, it's sheer laziness because they have all the resources. And then there's all the crazy blue collar kids that were just like I am doing this no matter what I'm going to chase this thing as far as I can down the rabbit hole because I'm either going to make it or if I don't make it by the time I'm 35 whatever there's still plenty of time to get that career job or go back to school or whatever and I can think all those kids who are currently in the pro league you know that there's a few of them that they live out of sprinter vans or they're still couch surfing or yeah. whatever it may be. But the point is they reach that dream. Mm-hmm. And now they can begin focusing on adding the balance in the other parts of their life because at least they they checked off that thing that gave them completion, like satisfaction. So the rest of their life, they're not like, man, I'm living good, I got the family, I got the sweet job, but what if? What if I would have just stuck it out and did that one or two more seasons? Who, who knows? Maybe I would have gotten that pro team. Yeah. I never, ever wanted that. Yeah. This is my, uh, I retired this past season. So, and in this season, these semi-pro flux decided to do good and get second. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. But, no, it's all good. Um, that's crazy. That's, uh, so now you're playing on DMG. Yep. Yeah. How'd you guys do last season? Uh, we did well. Yeah. You know, as, as far as Overall, I don't even think we were 10th place this time. Mm-hmm. We lost one or two matches more than we won mm-hmm. because we were about 50-50 all season, but then yeah. we made two Sundays. So by losing those next two matches, we're less than 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm never satisfied with not winning. Yeah. Um, but big picture, like, I am, you know, I, I at least can, like, stand back and be like, well, it's a process. You know I mean? Yeah. You can't just expect to bump up as a rookie and just walk into wins and events Mm. so as long as we're making progress i'm at least happy with that and first year um you know we came came in and did well we we had a bunch of two and two bubble events and we made one sunday at world cup this year we made two sundays and both times we made it out of our bracket decisively three and one so i can already see that our team is on the right track as far as growth yeah i I think people thought we were going to do terrible this season because we lost you know, our homie Tim Russell back here, who's easily on any given day top five snake players in the league, and that was our biggest hit. And we also lost uh, Thomas Kim to Ironman, who was, at the time I came in, kind of like the 
player captain leader of the team. Yeah. So people are like, man, you just lost one of your better role players and the guy who's like playing, making the calls, and you lost one of the most vicious, creative, sneaky snake guys in the game. You guys are probably gonna have a rough season. And I think we all like we took that first event to reestablish our roles and find our groove as the current roster. Mm-hmm. We brought the two rookies, Dylan and George, up to speed. We grabbed Yurina, a second event in, uh, who's a, a helpful attacker to begin be, like molding into the spot that we needed to take Tim's place. And, um, you know, we, we prevailed. Like, yeah. we, we continued making steps forward. And mm-hmm. a lot of that was just... Um, I think our, our biggest thing is we're all friends. We all hang out off the field, whereas a lot of these teams only ever see each other on weekends. Mm-hmm. So our chemistry, our teamwork, our communication is excellent. Yeah. And when points get long and slow, even against veteran teams, we're, we're generally very controlled. Um, you know, we have, we have a few veterans with me, Josh, and Shane. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of fast, explosive, young talent. So... Uh, there's there's really no lack in potential on our team. Mm-hmm. At this point, it's just we need to make 10 more Sundays to get used to that Sunday pressure mm-hmm. once you're playing against those top six-level teams that have been there for, what, 15 years now? Yeah, it's literally the same. Well, I've noticed it's been the same, like, three, four teams consistently make Sunday. Yep. And it's uh, – and I, like, I always root for the underdog. And not saying well, – well, granted, you guys are my homies and everything, but, like – you guys are the underdogs going into there. And, like, honestly, I was um, pleasantly surprised this season because I, I did think in my head, it was like, these guys might have a rough season. They just lost, like, Tim, who's been, like, like on the, like when you watch the webcast, that's all they talk about. They talk about is Tim and Thomas. That's all they talked about the yep. entire time. And then it was like, oh, these guys lost. And, like, you lost these two guys. And then, like, literally watching the webcast, like, all you heard was, like, no, I don't think they actually needed them. Like, first, first event was, like, a little rough. Like, it was, it was like that, like, all right, we've done all this practice. Now let's try to put it together. And then, like, as the events went on, you guys started to see more. It was, like, the fact that you, like, you hang in there with, like, veteran teams, like, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And, like, and I was, I honestly was, I think I was just, like, the only fanboy on the webcast in Dubai when I was over there because, like, I was, I was the only one screaming. And, like, what, what, what happened? I was like, don't worry, my, my boys did good. That's all that mattered. Yeah. So it was just. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, like, I was trying to, uh. I was trying to send good vibes mentally and through the computer. So yeah. yeah. I mean we're we're a very studied team. Yeah. I'd say aside from AC Dallas and Russians, there's not a lot of teams that practice as much as us just because most of us live a few miles from the field. And we all do our homework. We all watch webcasts. We all scout in the stands, things nerds. like that. Yeah. We're we're well, a team. Earlier, so, so and you have to. Like you have to do every bit of preparation just to give yourself that slight edge to hang yeah. with these teams that are on paper better than you, have talented money players. Mm-hmm. But uh, our team has, we're not a flashy style team. You know, we're not an aggressive, run into your face, aftershock or infamous type team. Yeah. We're not a hardcore sit AC team. We're not a creative superstar flashy team. Mm-hmm. But we are controlled. We do have a lot of guys with high level gun skills. And when we are actually all connecting and talking and playing as one cohesive unit, mm-hmm. uh, all it takes is one mistake from those veteran teams, and we can beat anybody. You yeah. know. Oh, it's it, well, it's 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 uh it's been shown throughout this past season. I think next season you guys are gonna do like you're gonna like I see you guys becoming like this next season. I can kind of see you kind of being like a revo, like they're consistently on Sundays. Like, granted, they don't make the like. They're not consistently making sem- semis yep. and stuff like that, but they're consistently there. Yes. And then they can hang with the best of them. It's, like, it's, it's literally one or two mistakes throughout the match mm-hmm. that it's like, uh, 
ruins it for them. Yep. So I can I see that I, like, I see that as the next step for you guys. That's that's our next goal. Mm-hmm. Me and Josh have already talked about that. You know, it's basically a five year plan until yeah. you're one of those teams that's winning or playing for wins. And me and Josh were just talking about this the other day. We're like, what's our realistic goal next year? Let's just be a Sunday team. Mm-hmm. And if one of the times we happen to break first round and we're top six or top four and make a podium out of the five of them, great. But let's be a team that's consistently making it out of our bracket. Yeah. You know, we went from one Sunday to two Sundays. Now we know what to do to get out of there mm-hmm. or to beat those teams that people on paper would take, you know, Infamous yeah. or Thunder or whoever over us. So if we can just be in five Sundays next year, then mission accomplished yeah and the next year hopefully you know we're getting a top four or two mm-hmm. hang on to your players yeah. yeah which i'm i'm happy about because <clears throat> as of right now we've all been talking in the group chat and you know at our house and stuff like that and all eight of us are staying there's oh. nobody planning on going anywhere else um we're not particularly looking at anybody. We may grab another guy, depending on how this conversation is going. Mm. But we at least get to keep the consistent core, yeah. which is nice. Because, you know, if you're constantly trying to figure out who you're co- – coming into this year, we had four core guys remaining. Yeah. Like, I, I was only one year into the team, and all of a sudden it was Marv, Shane, Josh, and basically me because I was a starter. Mm-hmm. And then we have – three young rookies and Mike Arena as a new rookie to our team. Mm-hmm. So half the roster is DMG, like original DMG who I came here to play for. Yeah. And half the roster is like, man, I didn't even know these kids before I moved here. Yeah. So if we can keep this core for a season or two, if not more, I think you're only going to see a sky's the limit situation for yeah. a young, hungry team like this. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I know uh, I've been around this program for about seven years or so. And like I sit back and I like look like I'll sit in the pits and I was looking. I was like, who's like? There's like three OGs left in those pits. It's like uh, we got Marv, who's been here since God, God knows how long. Um, Av's been here since he was like a little kid. Um, then like I think a year or two after I got here, like it was Tim, uh, it was you, and then Nikki and Ao came mm-hmm. came and left. And so it was just like there's not a lot of core guys like guys that like i remember who were at the field in 2012 yeah and it's just like uh it's it shows it, it shows like it shows that like yeah we can grow talent here like you look at this program you, you'll get good at pay, you'll get good at paintball by practicing here but it also shows that like it's all you need is like a solid core that one that little solid core like that consistent that yeah that, that all you need is that little bit of chemistry and it spreads yes yeah and it's uh it's actually kind of cool, to be honest. With you. And like, I mean, yeah, I don't play anymore, but I'm still like, an, I'm a DMG fanboy, mm-hmm. and therefore being a DMG fanboy, I'm also an Impact fanboy, just because yeah. they're part, of the, technically, kind of sort of part of the camp. But, mm. um, but yeah. So, uh, tell me about some like, I know you've done a lot of international tournaments. Like we're we're talking a little bit off off uh, off camera and stuff that like, yeah. was it twenty countries? Yep. Every just about every state, every major city yep. in the U.S. Um, Get, feel free to chime in on this, guys. Uh, like, I've never played an international tournament. I, that was one of my bucket list items to do, and I hope to do it before I, <laughs> before I'm like too old to run with a paintball gun. Yeah. But like, like, what is, what was your favorite event? And this is Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. It's the coolest place. The Amsterdam, then Prague, and well, Spain. Spain was cool too, but Amsterdam, Prague, and. Screw France, I'm never going back there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it's funny he says that. Um, international paintball is a totally different feel, you know. In the in the U.S. NXL, PSP, whatever it was, mm-hmm. it's very tunnel vision on competition. Yeah, half the team is there. As soon as they're done with their match, they just leave the field. Mm-hmm. They don't even stay around and watch. They just go back to their hotel, or whatever. Uh, the atmosphere is different in other yeah. countries, whether it's Mexico, Europe, Asia, Australia, all of those other leagues. People are there all day, every day. There's more stuff to do for people and families that are just hanging out. Uh, there's more people that, once again, they, they're there to compete, but it's a little bit more relaxed, too. They're also there to have a good time and have a beer after their games and yeah. things like that. Paintball festival more than it's a paintball tournament. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. People are there for the atmosphere, not really because they want to be the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not that they're not competitive, but exactly a better atmosphere as far as, like, community yeah there's a community there's more balance a lot of times you know people only stick with their own teams here and you know it's like you keep to yourselves it almost makes everybody seem more introverted there's more like rivalries between teams over there it's like everybody's kicking it and hanging out everybody knows everybody yeah maybe the pool's a little smaller in each of those countries Mm -hmm. um but yeah like france and england i'd be happy if i never went back again it's always poor weather Uh, (laughs) the food isn't good and it's very expensive Amsterdam is the coolest city event. Mm-hmm. I'd have to agree. I hear Prague is similar, where if you want a very old culture and a lot of history, but like a city, a city setting, mm-hmm. those are tough countries to beat. Yeah. And you're right near like great nightlife and things like that. Yeah. But my all-time favorite events every single time, like hands down, the bucket list events are Southeast Asia, okay. uh, Thailand, and Malaysia events mm-hmm. are generally on islands or beaches. Yeah. And it's like, as soon as you're done playing your game, you hop on your $3 rental moped and just whip around an island, tiki bar to tiki bar, swim in waterfalls with monkeys, um, and talk to just the friendliest, most humble people I've ever met on this planet. So, like, the vibe is incredible because the entire time you feel like you're just kind of like in this dream-esque adventure, Mm -hmm. loosely based around playing fun paintball. Yeah. Yeah, it's always been a, it's been a goal of mine. Like I've I've only been to Th- I've been to Thailand once. Uh, I've been to Dubai more times than I ever want to go, um, but not for paintball. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when I when I met my 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 wife, I was trying to convince her. I was like, look, we can, I can just hop on this international bandwagon. Right? We'll play these international events, and then we'll just use it as a vacation. We'll take an extra week. And she's like, no, because she hates going to paintball tournaments. Mm-hmm. She just hates being like she hates being second. I guess because I was like, I'm there yeah. to play a paintball tournament, and like. Uh, but she just like she's like no you're not doing that that's like, why I don't bring the wife to tournaments yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't like it I'd yeah. be ignoring her the whole time yeah it's, I agree yeah, yeah. it's I don't know it's I try to explain to her like look it's just like look, I'm gonna get this three day tournament out of the way and then we can go do us and she's like no cause I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go to an exotic country sit around for three days at a paintball field that I don't want to be at just to enjoy my vacation later. I want to do it as soon as I get off the plane. I was like, fine. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> if you do, we go early without it. Yeah. <laughs> she gets the flight. No, then she's at home with the dog by herself and she doesn't want to do all that. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been my suggestion is fly in, play the event, and then have her meet you there and then you stay the week or two after with her and now paintball's done. Or hopefully, you know, you have a significant other that's cool enough and comfortable enough adventuring on their own. It's like, well, you don't have to stay at the field all day. Yeah, you can go do stuff. You can mm-hmm. go see this area super safe. You bring her friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got to pay for two tickets, but... Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, it's three yeah. tickets. I got to pay for my own, too. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, well, she's... Well, we're going to Italy in March and stuff like that, so she's kind of getting her international oh. kick, so... 
Um, so, like, what is the the best PG story we can do from a paintball tournament? Man, um, I can edit this story to be a little more PG. It works. <laughs> yeah, it works. Uh, yeah, so last season I did a two-month backpacking tour throughout Europe. From World Cup, I left straight to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Did like 10 days in New Zealand with yeah. my team ballistics unit. Yeah, yeah. Went to Sydney, Australia for um, Super 7s. Stayed a few days there mm-hmm. and then went up to um, Bangkok for two days. Down to Pattaya two or three days with my friends Ben Challenger and Harrison Fry. Mm-hmm. And then to the Pattaya Beach area for um, uh, World Cup Asia. Yeah. And then we island hopped for... 10 islands in a row yeah. a day and a night at each one and then wake up and leave by noon the next day uh, off of like b- below Pattaya is Phuket it's mm. like a, a port and you can take a half hour five dollar catamaran ride out to Koh Samang and then Kofi Fi and then blah 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 bouncing back and forth down this coast until you're finally at the bottom you take a boat back and now you're just above Malaysia mm-hmm. and then you go to Kuala Lumpur and then um, what's the island called? Uh, I forget the name of the island that the Malaysia events on. Langkawi. Langkawi. And then you play the Langkawi event. And then after Langkawi, I went to Indonesia. But not like touristy Bali. I went to uh, Medan, which is like the big international city. Yeah. And then took a two-hour bus ride through the mountains and clouds to Lake Toba, which is like a hundred mile crater lake mm-hmm. with a little five mile island with a village on it in the middle and then after a week there I finally came back to New York for Christmas with my family before I go back to Cali <laughs> but in that time period like I remember Kofi Fee is like my favorite place in the world now this is a probably like a five mile something island mm-hmm. um, with like a crescent shaped bay in the middle of it yeah. and the island is just filled with rows and rows of like shopping centers um, restaurants and like novelty streets mm-hmm. and you can rent mopeds you can rent cheap jet skis you can take really cheap snorkeling tours over the reef mm-hmm. and it's a party island like Kofi there's a few of them that are like you go there for like your honeymoon like you go there with your wife and then there's Kofi Fee where you go there and everybody's either very friendly locals or backpackers like hippies that you can tell have just been at it for months you know like very minimalist type people they don't give a crap about staying in the nice hotel on the island or getting Mm -hmm. the nice food they're down to stay in the three dollar uh, hostel or pod beds because mm-hmm. you're just going to sleep in it for six hours wake up and adventure around the island anyways mm-hmm. and man the nights on that I think we did two nights on Kofifi we happened to time it where we were there during the full moon festival oh god the entire beach there's three big party bars in a row yeah. each bar has about a thousand people out in front of it like spilling on like the sand of the beach yeah, yeah. and then the beach have stages out over the water each one with different DJs playing music the moon is full above you. The water has glowy bioluminescent algae. There's a million stars. Yeah. And there's two or three thousand super friendly, very 
open social people. Mm -hmm. So everyone you meet is talkative or down to dance or down to share stories of where they're coming there from Mm -hmm. because they just came from some other Asian country. And it's like a 48-hour bender of like like flawless, smooth flow. No conflict, no drunks stepping on your shoes trying to get in a fight. Mm -hmm. Just friendly, happy, joyous people because they're having that traveler's high. You know what I mean? Like they are... They're truly living their best days ever because everything is new and curiosity is sparked and it's just adventure. And someday I, when I have, you know, like reoccurring uh, stable income here, something that's like self-sustaining, uh, I can promise that I'll buy just a little hut with a bedroom, bathroom, and a kitchen on that island and live there when it's winter here, you know, during the off-season. I'll live there have a few mopeds, invite friends to come out and stay with me, mm-hmm. and just live the simple happiness life. Status yeah. doesn't matter. Luxury items doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. All you need is board shorts and a t-shirt. Hop on your scooter. Go get a giant $1 rice meal and a coconut, mm-hmm. and enjoy your days in the sunshine. Damn, that sounds amazing. I have my, uh, my brother-in-law got back yesterday from... He was backpacking across South America mm-hmm. for a while. He's like... Uh, him, my wife, and like their other siblings, they went to Costa Rica for a week, and then three of them came back. And he's like, uh, "Nah, I'm I'm gonna hop around for a little bit." <laughs> he got uh, he got stuck in Ecuador for a while because mm-hmm. of the whole there was a little mini civil war there for a little bit. He got yeah. stuck up in the mountains because like if you went down to the city, you were probably getting arrested. So he hung out up there, and then he uh, came back. He's only back for like five months to earn some more money. Then he's going to Australia. Uh. That's okay. cool. I was like, damn, man, it must be nice. Like, now I'm like, well, I'm, I've gotten kind of older. Stuff, I, uh, I'm, I'm in the military, so it's kind of like I can't just, like, leave months at a time. Mm-hmm. I wish I could. I mean, I kind of do, but for the military, so I'm kind of working and all that stuff. And I'm in one place the entire time. But, uh, so I just live vicariously through all my backpacking friends. Yeah. So I just, like, I follow them on Instagram, and I follow all the stories and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's just. It's cool. Yeah, it, it, it looks cool. It's something I wish I could I wanted to do. But, you know, it's, uh, I never made the opportunity for myself. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it's, it's fun. Like, I'll take my international trips when I can. Yeah. And stuff. I still, I'm still going to go see cool shit and stuff, but... You still have plenty of time. You're still a young guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's another thing is, like, I always say, like, it's different strokes for different folks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you can't tell somebody, like, you're living life wrong because some people have a wife or yeah. kids or a mortgage that they're paying off yeah. or a sweet job that they're 10 years away from getting that big mm. 401k and all that but if there's anything i can tell to anybody who listens to this podcast that's not anchored down by anything yet you don't own a house you don't have a wife you you're not planning on starting your family this life you only live so long mm-hmm. and the world is a big place and you want to make sure you see as much of it as you can before you die because yeah. you won't take anything else with you but you will have all those memories scrolling through your head in that last hour or day of life so really really do it like step outside of your comfort zone and mm-hmm. chase it while you can you know i wish i had started doing it even earlier mm-hmm. but uh I, if there's one thing i'm thankful for it's that i didn't get accidentally trapped by one of my ex-crazy girlfriends or that I didn't take that sweet marketing job I got offered right when I graduated from UB because there were all these things that on paper they're great things there's nothing bad with them but they would have stopped me from from really experiencing so much and culturing myself to the point where like I really know how things are rather than just thinking I know how they are from 
what's portrayed to me mm. in the media, in TV, in news, in, in what people tell you. You know, you have to really go out and see it firsthand with your own perspective to yeah. be like, wow, people over there really are great. Oh, this place isn't dangerous because it's not a first world country. Like, yeah. it's it's a very different world out there. And mm -hmm. I just want to see every inch of it. Yeah, you know. Well, I'm kind of happy to add you on. Like, I think we're going to wrap it up here, here in a, right, right about an hour, and I know you guys got to go snowboarding. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on to the next trip. On to the next trip. So, uh, yeah, you know what? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm very happy I uh, had you on here. You're a very interesting guy. Hopefully, hopefully have you back soon. Talk some more, drink some more beer. Anytime. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, thanks. Anything you want to plug? Instagrams, blogs, anything? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, Shout out to um, all my friends and family in the DMG organization. The reason I moved out here and made Northern California my actual home if I were to claim one somewhere on this planet. Uh, I love all you guys. You're the reason that I do ground myself here for at least half the year. Uh, shout out to all my friends and family, fans, supporters, anybody who's ever believed in me and didn't tell me you'll you'll never make it, pros too much, who blah, blah, blah. Uh, Anybody who's ever helped as far as all my sponsors on any team I was on, but also including current ones for DMG, GI Sports, Planet Eclipse, Weapons, uh, Capital Edge Paintball Park, of course, and Dave Baines, um, Virtue, anybody else I'm missing, I apologize. Um, shout out to the base community for giving me something to do when I'm not playing paintball. <laughs> uh, I love NorCal. I love all you festival goers. I love the positive vibrations up here in this region of the world. It's totally different from the East Coast and it makes me feel very, very happy. I love y'all. And uh, follow my stories and life on Instagram at JoeBarrett50. Uh, my Facebook is just my name. You can find my travel blog on my Instagram bio. And uh, big shout out to Enzo here for having a cool podcast. Yeah, thanks. That's good beer. Yep. And good beer. Yeah. Good beer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, be sure to check us out on respect underscore your underscore beer on Instagram. <laughs> it's uh, respect your beer on YouTube if you're listening to this on audio for the video version. Um, what else? Oh, check out the Twitter at respect your beer. And there you go. It's done. Camera died. That's <laughs> 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 You got your thing. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. Thanks, man.